Before we get started, a quick disclosure. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any investment. And with that, hello and welcome to the Range of Capital podcast. This is a 15-minute long podcast and the clock starts now. I'm Andrew Walker, a portfolio manager here at Rangeley Capital, and with me as always is Chris Muth, the founder of Rangeley Capital and a fellow portfolio manager. Ooh, normally I say host there, Chris, but I guess I skipped that today. It's been a while since we've talked. Uh, so, But it's been a while since we talked. There was some flu and food poisoning going through the office, but there, it's been an exciting few weeks. Today we're going to start by talking about Apollo Squared, and then we're going to go over to uh, Thermo Fisher, AFFX, and Origin. Uh, but Chris, why don't you kick it off with Apollo Apollo? Well, they're not going to have to hire one of those high-priced consultants to come up with some new name when the deal's <laughs> done, uh, which I always think we should get in the side business because these things cost a ton of money to come up with some aerodynamic size sounding name. As a former consultant, I have heard the rumor is the aerodynamic names will run you $5 million a name. Though I, I think there's a little bit more to it than that, but it doesn't seem like there's too much. <laughs> so we've discussed this one in the past, uh, mm-hmm. but it should be a very straightforward deal. Uh, You could call it an LBO, but there's not much L to it. So Mm -hmm. it is a private equity buyout by Apollo Global of Apollo Education, ticker APOL. It is uh, from the much uh, maligned, I would say deservedly maligned, uh, for-profit education industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it is a deal that since it's been announced, uh, the stock has traded horribly as if there are real risks that it won't get done. Yep. So we talked about this for the first time on our February 16th podcast that was called First Trust Discounted Dividend and Two Apollo, Bot- Two Apollo Buyouts. But at that time, the buyout was very fresh. Now we've kind of got some updated information. Uh, the buyout's at $9.50 per share. We've gotten a lot of additional information and shares are trading at $7.85 per share. That creates a huge spread, 30% annualized if it closes by year end. 20% gross. I mean, both of these types of numbers are, you know, the riskiest of risky equity stock. This is the type of return you'd want. So it's a, if you were really comfortable this deal was going through, it could really make your year. Uh, there's two big risks we see, Chris. What, what are the two big risks to this deal not going through? It's different than a normal deal. It does not require HSR antitrust approval. It yep. doesn't require an EU review. There's no financing condition. Uh, the the big uh, next date here is April 28th. It is the deal targets shareholder vote. Uh, I think it's likely going to be approved. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the short of it. Normally in a buyout, you know, a stock trades for 10. Somebody comes and says, I will pay you $15 for all of your shares. Shareholders rejoice, huge premium, and the shareholder vote is almost a its almost a formality. It's, it's a like given. North Korea. It's like 99% in favor. <laughs> exactly. There are a couple people who they still hold their shares like in their gifts drawer and they, they forget to vote, but almost everyone votes for it. In this case, Apollo has been such a train wreck. Shares have gone from 70 or 90 three or four years ago, I guess kind of five or six years ago, to they're getting bought out for 950 and a bunch of shareholders have much higher cost bases and they're saying, we don't want that deal. We want a standalone. We want you to turn this around because we think it could be worth 20 And that's a very strange risk to have shareholders say, hey, here's a big premium. Oh, no, we don't want it. We want to run the uh, the company company standalone and try to turn it around. You got me in here. You get me out of here. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Sunk costs have nothing to do with nothing. Uh, they're presumably adults and their sad history is not uh, Apollo 
Global's problem. Uh, Apollo Global certainly doesn't consider it to be their problem. There are no better offers. This was a fully shopped deal. We like... There are a few things we like more than multi-bidder situations or bidding wars. Mm-hmm. This ain't one. Yeah, so sometimes shareholders will have a real complaint if you read the proxy. We've mentioned the background and proxy statements before. Mm-hmm. You read the proxy, and it turns out you only talk to, in this case, Apollo, and they were the only one who offered a bid because then you don't know what anyone else will pay. In this case, the company was extremely fully shopped, and I mean – Buyers were not walking away. They were running away from this company. And Apollo is the only one who made the offer. So you can feel very comfortable. No one thinks this is too... None of the people who looked at this said, oh, yeah, you're getting a deal there. This was very fully shopped. It's a full and fair price. Uh, One other thing I'll mention is I think a lot of shareholders are pointing saying Apollo Education has a lot of cash on the balance sheet. So, yes, it looks like a big premium. But when you adjust for all the cash on Apollo's balance sheet, uh, it you're buying it kind of cheaply on an earnings basis. The issue is a lot of that cash is required by the DOE because they guarantee a lot of the loans that Apollo does in their business. Mm -hmm. It's required as part of the business. So that's why you said there's no L in this LBO. There's no leverage. You can't put any debt on the company. You can't take any of that cash off. So it really is an expensive deal. And it's Apollo betting that they can turn this around. They can get the for-profit industry back on track. Uh, So that's anything else on shareholder risk? I would just say that... When you are looking at a shareholder vote and you have other people on the same side of the table as you are, uh, they have the same upside and downside and presumably probability, uh, that they don't have any fiduciary duty to you. Uh, They might be voting in favor of another equity or another part of the capital structure. But in this case, if they're just voting, they're being sad about the history. I just think that that's a very surmountable risk. And the other thing is, a lot of times these surmountable risks... They get overcome because there's M&A guys who look at it and say, they see that huge spread and they say, oh, if I just go buy a bunch of shares, I can vote for the deal and this deal will go through and I'll make a great return. So, I've heard of such people. <laughs> we have heard of such people. We're Pro- not bit- profit, profit uh, seeking uh, types. Exactly. Uh, assuming that gets done, then we move on to the US DOE and exactly. the Higher Learning Commission. The two key regulatory reviews, I think they would be more likely to require this deal than to ban it. Uh, the gentleman who will be in charge of running this company through the process is named Tony Miller. Mm-hmm. He's the proposed chairman. He is the former DOE deputy secretary. Uh, he created his own luck here, and he is exploiting it to the hilt. <laughs> so you, I'm going to say you said that somewhat facetiously. Uh, he was the guy who really cracked down on the for-profit industry and a mm-hmm. lot of the excesses in terms of, you know, just getting anyone in, uh, giving them a loan, and then hooking the government for it. He's the one who cracked it down. And now he's going to be the one in charge of it, and he's going to be the one going to regularly saying, let this deal go through, and we will make this a a beacon of the for-profit industry, and we're really going to turn it around. So very interesting, the revolving door there. Do you want to say uh, next year what some of the regulators might be coming to him for? Jobs. <laughs> so it's interesting because he's going to the Obama administration this year and saying, hey, let this deal go through, and I'll turn, I'm going to turn it around and make it a great for-profit company. And then next year, the Obama administration will be out one way or the other, and they might be coming to him and saying, hey, do you want to hire me as a lobbyer? Remember when I 
let this deal go through. So very interesting. Anything else you want to say? DOE, anything else Apollo related? I have nothing to add. All right, great. Well, I will go into Affymetrics Thermo Fisher, but before we get there, just a quick request. If you like this podcast, please be sure to follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. If you already follow us, one way to encourage us to continue taping podcasts is to rate us. It doesn't take long, and we really appreciate it, so please take a second to do so. So, Chris, I've been looking at uh, Affymetrics Thermo Fisher Origin, and I wanted to talk about this because it applies to a lot of the Chinese deals we've talked about recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thermo Fisher and Affymetrics entered in a deal in January. Thermo Fisher, ticker TMO, they're a multi-multi-billion dollar company, agreed to buy uh, Affymetrics, ticker AFFX, for $14 per share. Company was well shocked. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Origin showed up and said, hey, Affymetrics, we'll offer you $17 per share. Uh, there was some debate, and uh, Affymetrics ended up deciding that uh, Thermo Fisher's $14 per share offer was superior to Origin's $17 per share offer. And I wanted to talk about some of the reason, and hopefully you can join me, some of the reasons why you would decide a $14 offer is actually better than a $17 offer. Uh, it, just because it shows some of the things in mergers, price isn't always the key consideration. Uh, the first thing that pops up is the speed to close. Mm-hmm. Thermo Fisher, this deal, I, we've, we've heard pretty from some of the parties involved, it's probably going to close by the end of this month, maybe early April if it gets pushed out. But Thermo Fisher closes quickly. Origin would probably take six to eight months. It has to go through all the regulatory reviews that Thermo Fisher's already gone. So the companies were clearly thinking of speed to close. Uh, Chris, Origin was going to be Chinese-backed. Uh, there were questions on financing and completing merger. We've talked about that quite a bit on the podcast. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? You have to discount money for time and risk. And uh, when one of these is very, very close to 100%, it actually is remarkably hard to outbid it on something that's going to take longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- where there's substantive regulatory risks, both of these factors impact the other because yep. a lot of regulatory risks, even if you ultimately get it done, pushes things out months and months, degrades the value of your offer. And of course, as you have months and months of the deal not closing, you have an opportunity for something else to go wrong, uh, lowering uh, the probability that the deal gets done. Yep. Uh, and so that's that is that's the legitimate issue comparing the two, and, not just price. And so those were the issues, the uncertainty around the financing, the Chinese financing and the deal getting done. Uh, CFIUS was going to have to review Affymetrics. Thermo mm-hmm. Fisher was really pushing, why don't you take our bid? Our bid was a nice premium to your unaffected deal, deal price and there's no CFIUS issues here yeah. but all of that came to Affymetrics and Origin the reason they couldn't strike a deal was a debate over what Origin would have to pay Affymetrics if they could not complete the deal Origin was offering $100 million which is very reasonable the deal was going to be valued at about $1.5 billion. that's a very large breakup fee uh, but Affymetrics uh, came back and said we want you to pay $500 million if this deal doesn't go through we were valued at $900 million before Thermo Fisher offered to buy us. Thermo Fisher had offered us buy us for $1.4 billion. We want you to pay the difference. And Origin said, absolutely not. That's uh, not reasonable at all. Origin was all already offering twice what is traditional. Uh, also, I would say that there's always possibility, maybe especially with cross-border deals, of authentic communication problems and miscommunication between the different sides. Uh, they said, you know, we want you to do anything. The buyer took that as a hell or high water offer 
to use the best efforts to get by Cepheus. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the target actually wanted them just to guarantee they'd get it. Just yep. say, we're going to pay you. Hopefully we'll get it. You know, we'll see. Uh, so uh, that kind of thing can come up in the middle of these talks. Part of the problem is that neither side wants to tip their hand to the regulators too much. Mm -hmm. Because if you say, well... we'll if push comes to shove, we'll offer this or that to the regulators. The regulators can read that and say, well, day one, we're going to demand yep. it. Um, I've, I've actually friends that are on CFIA staff. I don't know if I should say this, but I'm halfway through saying it. And uh, <laughs> they uh, they said, well, we have uh, some concerns about a different deal that I'm, I'm working on. Uh, our uh, company that I was looking at actually has a, uh, a location that's right across the street. And I said, oh, you, you have concerns about the uh, CFIUS issues and the, and the national security issues. Yeah, I know all about those concerns. We've been listening to you. I, I really hope that, uh, hope that you can resolve them. But, uh, but yeah, no, we're, we're, we're very concerned about your concerns uh, in your last meeting, um, which they did not think was funny, but I thought that was... Uh, <laughs> agreed. But it, it's interesting... Uh... Shoot, where was I going to go with that? I had something I wanted to say on Hell or High Water, but we'll just skip it. So anyway, there were three things that really came away from this that I want to talk about in the context of M&A. The first was Thermo Fisher didn't have to – Thermo Fisher didn't raise their bid, which is very rare in a superior bid, uh, in a higher bid thing. Normally, Thermo Fisher would come back and say, hey, they offered $17. we are at $14. We'll give you $15 just so this deal will close. Thermo Fisher didn't do that, and I think it was A – they structured a very tight contract that didn't really give Affymetrics very many outs to go shop for a superior mm -hmm. bid. And B, I think Thermo Fisher really negotiated this well, where if you read the proxy, Origin came over the top and Thermo Fisher said, our bid's superior, there's no risk to it, take our bid, phones hung up, send us a $55 million check if you want to break up with us because that's our breakup fee. So they, by not negotiating, they didn't have to do what was typical and raise the price. Anything on that? Uh, the verbiage in these contracts really, really matters uh, in terms of who and when and how you're able to talk in the circumstances. And if you can control the order of operations, it can be very, very good game theory for your side. I would say in some respects, this was out-negotiated uh, by the buyer, and I think that they're going to get a good deal. Yep. And the other thing I wanted to say, talk about is we've talked about Chinese buyouts recently, particularly Starwood Marriott. Yes. Starwood Marriott. And Bang. And in this case, I think Starwood's going to be looking at this deal very closely mm -hmm. because Anbang is offering to buy Starwood. Marriott already has a deal that could close within a month and a half. Any Anbang deal would take multiple months. It's going to need CFIUS review. It's going to need HSR approval. It needs to, it's, they're going to have guaranteed financing, but they do need Chinese financing. A lot of risk there. So I think Starwood's going to be looking at this deal and saying, is the Marriott bird in the hand worth? more than the and bang two in the bush kind of if that makes sense and the fact that we're talking about this number of deals that require CFIUS approval is actually going to stack up CFIUS staff in terms of who's reviewing them it's going to require those to take longer yep yep uh let's see so i think we've actually hit our time limit that's all our time for today chris anything you want to follow up on any last thoughts i have nothing to add nothing to add all right again if you like this podcast please be sure to follow us and rate us on itunes stitcher soundcloud we really appreciate it uh, our disclosures for today, we are long uh, Affymetrics, which I, I thought Thermo was going to have to come in with a topping bid, so I'll take a little bit of a loss there. And we're long Apollo Global, so we'll see how those play out. And Starwood. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot we mentioned Starwood. We are absolutely very long Starwood. So thanks again for listening to, listening to us, and we will talk to you next time.